Welcome to Proof of Change by ChangeDAO. I'm your host, Ash Cooper Kearns. In this episode, we talk with founder coalition members David All, Brian Brinkman, and Mike Fuke about why this movement to engage stakeholders across multiple sectors is so critical to the future of Web3 and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You know, speaking of in-person events, uh, I would love, Mira, um, for you to speak about the upcoming event, uh, the launch event for Founder uh, that is happening next week on Wednesday. Mira. I'm so excited to share the event, the Founder event um, that we are having in New York City at a gallery called Bright Moments. Um, and it's, we're really excited because it's going to be our launch event and we're going to have um, essentially an open dialogue and conversation with some uh, speakers and some future folks who will tell their story uh, in, in the Web3 uh, change space. And we'll also have some time to um, just launch this new initiative that David and all of us have really, really been spearheading, which I would love for David to speak about a little bit, the, the founder initiative. Um, but we really want folks to um, fill up the space. It's a beautiful gallery in um, you know, downtown Manhattan, lower Manhattan. Uh, and we'll, we'll have some drinks for everyone, some refreshments. Um, and it's an opportunity to just really connect in person and really launch this uh, in-person convening conversation that can hopefully scale across the entire uh, country, perhaps even in other chapters. Um, but I want to turn it over to David just to talk a little bit more about Founder itself. That was such a wonderful introduction and a warm welcome to Founder and props to Mira for doing such a great job of spearheading this event for us. Thank you, David. (laughs) So this is a grassroots event. And for a lot of people who don't know how ChangeDAO started, um, you know, in November of 2021, we still hadn't launched our product. And although we were planning on launching um, a month later or so, and it ended up being a year later, um, we started doing all sorts of events. And I love the title of this podcast and the slogan, which is where change makers meet. And that's what we were doing. We were bringing together folks throughout the Web3 ecosystem to hear stories and we held GM coffees at the NFT NYC. We held a few of those. We went to South by Southwest and heard from Tyler Hobbs about all of the extraordinary work he's doing to make a change in the world with NFTs. And my own and sort of like my hobby is pulling people together. And I was living in Seattle at the time. And we had just launched the Seattle NFT Museum um, I didn't, but the, the community did. And so I had started pulling people together for IRL events in Seattle around the Seattle NFT Social Club and organized 13 events, bringing people together to share stories, but also to go on art walks and just get together and talk about, you know, a lot of the things that we were all experiencing together in as founders, as entrepreneurs, as builders, as innovators and creators in the space. And, you know, from that vantage point in Seattle, I started noticing, I mean, it all started, of course, with like Terra Luna, with like just this rapid decline of the market, things destabilizing very quickly, and then just a steady decline over 2022. And, um, you know, from 
Seattle, I was observing Washington, D.C. and everything that was happening here. And I'm sure folks aren't aware of my background, but the first decade of my career, I was in Washington, D.C. And I was a speechwriter in the U.S. Senate and a leadership aide in the House of Representatives. And I was responsible for helping bridge the political establishment from Web 1 to Web 2. And I did that by pulling people together and by reaching across party lines and working with all sides, all stakeholders to hear stories and to exchange best practices and to learn from each other. And so I guess when I was noticing all of the issues happening in Washington and, you know, our own ecosystem was really making a lot of missteps. And I think a lot of folks here were doing some things that were just like, not like, like just didn't make any sense coming from the perspective that I had. And I knew that if I wasn't in Washington, D.C., that it would be someone else trying to explain all of the stuff that was happening in the Web3 ecosystem. Um, to a group of folks that I know very, very well. And so I, as you guys know, I packed my bags and jumped in my car and drove cross country and found an apartment that I've been living here in Washington, D.C. for the past six months. And although originally I thought that I would start the D.C. NFT club and kind of start, just kind of pick up where I left off in Seattle, I decided just to do a lot of listening and got together with a lot of people in town. And I, I attended a lot of the indi- like Web3 industry events um, that the various groups were organizing. and just wanted to gauge where folks were with this technology and with this revolution. And I have come to the conclusion now um, that what's needed is really going back to step zero and understanding exactly how Web 1 works and what how Web 2 worked. And a lot of the promises that were made during Web 2 were, have been broken. So there's like a lot of mistrust and um, broken promises already in, in the environment and in the landscape. And then to just understand kind of what Web 3 is all about at the very basic level. And there are a lot of barriers to understanding this technology. So Founder is a group of, right now it's just a group, uh, it's a coalition of, you know, three or four dozen entrepreneurs and builders and innovators that are, you know, living and breathing the Web3 ecosystem and have concerns. And I've met with all of those people individually for one-on-one interviews, just to hear from them and to like understand the patterns and trends and also a way forward. And along with the Changed Out team, Kelsey Driscoll's, you know, especially, um, we put together a, a way forward and a plan. And over two, you know, and we've had two, you know, web conferences, I guess you would call them, but like Google Meet sessions where we brought everyone back together over the July 4th holiday, you know, before and after that to talk about this plan and to talk about our approach with Founder. And I'll kind of stop there, but the kickoff is, you know, in New York City. 
And we're, it's a little old fashioned to imagine a, a town hall style event, but that's what this is. And some of the folks in this room are going to tell their story and, you know, share their perspective about how they're able to change all sorts of things, how Web3 has empowered them to win. And they get to define what that means and bring their vantage point to the table and be heard in this group um, that will be at this New York City event. Well, I'm bummed I won't be able to be there, but um, Amira, could you talk a little bit about, you know, who will be, who is slated to speak at the event and uh, kind of the, you know, what people can expect uh, when they when they show up for this first town hall? In terms of what people can expect, so how how we usually plan our events is we really want it to be extremely interactive, where it's not just people sitting and, and listening for a long time. Um, and we want to really set our intention in the beginning um, and, and make it as conversational as possible. So we will have about six or oh, sorry, four-ish speakers um, interspersed throughout the uh, the event which will last from about five to eight and we are featuring our artists like brian brinkman um and david you might have to help me with this on on who else is going to be uh at the at the event here but um we will have an opportunity for david to have an interactive conversation with each artist and then in between we'll have an opportunity for other folks just to come and share their stories um and and that's that's an opportunity for folks to speak about how they relate to the conversation or even share their own ideas. Um, and then the big call to action towards the end is an opportunity for folks to meet each other. So both at the very beginning for the first hour and I think the last um, 30 minutes or so, we'll have an opportunity for people to make some meaningful connections. Um, in other words, like network with each other, but really to just meet um, each other and start building this coalition in person. Because at the end of the day, those in-person connections are, are really what drive, um, drive long-term, um, hopefully long-term substantial conversations in the future. Uh, David, did you want to say anything about uh, other folks that we're featuring? Yeah, well, let me start by noting that there will be a Pope badge. So for those of you that like to collect uh, proof of attendance participation badges, Pope badges, um, you know, Visceral Glitch, we had an awesome brainstorm and Glitch stepped up and wants to create some amazing Pope badge uh, for our first Founder NYC event. So that will certainly be a highlight, um, you know, their art um, and their story will be up on the screen and we'll get to hear from Glitch as well. But I'd love to invite um, both Brian and Mike up to the, to the podium here and just kind of have a little bit of a free flow. Um, and maybe we can start with Brian, just kind of talk to us a little bit about his perspective. He's seen founder now from the beginning um, and just provide some of that vantage point about, you know, how he has seen this, gained so much momentum like david was saying i've you know i've known david for two years now working on changed out and then seeing this founder idea kind of plant as a seed and see it grow very rapidly it's been very fun to watch um the way the way i kind of see founder is that you know the 
there's a lot of stresses in this space, but one of the biggest ones for me as a U.S. citizen is that the government doesn't understand what I do for a living and, um, you know, kind of puts especially artists into a category alongside a lot of other elements that, you know, criminals and all these other things and, uh, you know, trying to create sweeping legislation that could put, you know, my career at risk. And so, you know, that I think that's something that every artist in the NFT space in the United States is, you know, worrying about to a degree. It's a, it's constant stress. And so what I love about what David's doing with Founder is that he's, he's kind of taking these fears and stresses and working with, you know, people in DC to kind of help guide legislation in a way that allows you know the creatives in this space to be able to run a business effectively without being worried about being sued by some entity of the government that doesn't understand what we do so i'm <laughs> very optimistic and very hopeful that uh you know more more voices can help shape uh this legislation and ideas and seed change uh to further the space because we, we desperately need it right now I also like, I'll just jump in here quickly, David, that, you know, this is a pro being approached from like a coalition standpoint where you are pulling in and inviting so many different stakeholders. I mean, Brian is, is just one of many and, and Mike, um, I would love for you to jump in here, you know, introduce yourself and squad talent and, you know, why you felt it was, you were moved to, to join this coalition and, uh, what else do you feel is possible with this? Thanks. Thanks so much for um, for having me on. Uh, and Brian, it was fascinating to kind of hear your your story and appreciate you sharing that and your perspective. Uh, I guess from, from my end, just to introduce myself, Mike Fuke, co-founder and COO at Squad. We're building the talent platform for Web3. And I think, David, this came up when we first connected. In my mind, trying to think at the most fundamental level about Web3 you know, blockchain technology and what that can mean for, for the industry, but also more holistically for, you know, for, for kind of the country, to put it bluntly. I, what I think about is in 10 years, it's difficult for me to imagine a state of the world where Web3 hasn't permeated more of our lives as consumers, as professionals, as hobbyists, whatever kind of lens you may apply than it does today. And so given that, and that's an assumption, and that's an assumption I, I make, and I kind of see that state of the world in the future, Given that, I think it's critical that really as a country, and Brian, to, to your point, as you alluded to earlier, we take a more proactive approach and we try to be constructive in our view of Web3 as an industry, as a technology, as a culture, as a movement, however you want to view it. Because today, I think a lot of the, the regulatory action, let's say the, the legislation, the kind of approach from the, the government side has been more reactive. And, and Brian, again, I think you you kind of hit a lot of the, the great points here. You, it comes from a, a place of fear, I think, on the government side or a place of limited understanding. And, you know, when David and I first connected and then we're broadly with the founder and the changed out team, I think the positioning of founder as a conversation, as informing people, as bringing people together and bringing people into to Web3, if you will, and kind of articulating the stories of folks working in the space, the incredible technology that's being developed, the incredible use cases that are being identified and found and then onboarding the consumers. That kind of just appealed to me at, at the most fundamental level, because I think this is exactly the type of conversation we need to have. And this is exactly the type of movement of a group of people, of community that, that needs to help bring that conversation forward. If we're to 
be the place where in 10 years, Web3 is a thriving industry, is a technology that's embedded in so many parts of our economy and kind of how we live day to day. Because if we don't do that, if organizations like Founder don't exist, I, I personally see a state of the world where Web3 will continue to develop and evolve and, and, and flourish, not in the United States because of the regulatory environment. And uh, I guess sharing a little bit of my background, I come from the public sector. I was an army officer for for uh, a few years, uh, still serve in the, in the reserves. And given that lens, I'm particularly fearful, fearful of a state of the world where, you know, the United States is lagging other countries and we're not a place where this powerful emerging technology and, and industry can thrive um, because of the geopolitical climate and kind of the, the world we live in today. So long explanation, but kind of that's why I think founder is so appealing and, and powerful when I think about that concept, because it can help bridge the gap and bring about more conversation and inform and, and create advocates and champions within our government to help Web3 flourish in, as an industry here in the US and, and globally. Thank you for that. And I did uh, pin up about squad talent. So please do check out squad talent and uh, give give that account a follow and Mike a follow. Um, I, David, I, you know, when you started thinking about founder and pulling in different stakeholders, uh, what I really appreciated was understanding how necessary it is to have people outside of Web3 to understand this space, but also to help inform us in Web3 who don't necessarily have uh, experience in different sectors that help would help make us more effective advocates for ourselves for the Web3 space. You know, can you talk a bit about this coalition um, in their different areas that they, you know, that you've pulled into from your previous past life in, in the web two, in the web two world. Yeah, it's definitely a diverse group of individuals that are, are forming the, the founder coalition. And as you pointed out, it's just so important that not only is there understanding here inside of Washington, but also outside of Washington, we can demystify it a little bit and make sure that folks have a good idea of what actually matters, what actually moves hearts and minds for folks. And so to do that, I, you know, when I, I created the first big events here in Washington called the AMP Summit, and it was sponsored by all of the major Web 1 and Web 2 companies, but also all, all all of the political establishment organizations and civic tech organizations and kind of everyone coming together um, along with the media, I should point out as well, uh, to, to participate, to like learn from each other and to share what, what they were discovering and why this technology was really just changing everything in such a rapid way. And as I'm looking at, at Founder and how, it's, how we've already started doing that again, it's a lot of those same people that stood with me shoulder to shoulder that were running the Googles and the Metas and the Facebooks at the time and the Twitter corporate affairs. You know, it's, it's all of those individuals that are coming back to the table and they're saying, we want to be a part of the Web3 revolution. We may not understand every single bit of it, but we need to because it's here and it's now. And we want to learn. And people are reaching out to me from the political establishment and they're saying, look, we, we want to learn how to use these tools. We, we understand this is here, this is now. 
we want to be a part of the Web3 revolution as well. And, you know, from my perspective, we're also inviting the, there's a lot of trade groups, there's a lot of nonprofits, there's a lot of already some corporate, um, you know, like different teams here have like lobbyists on that work for them, right? So there's like a lot of different groups already doing work on the ground here as well. And we don't want to like, you know, it's collaboration, not competition. Everyone on this call understands that. That's the Web3 ethos. And I think what gets so super exciting is when all of those people are in the same room with regulators that also want to learn this stuff. You know, it's their job to protect America from systemic risk. You know, the entire world looks at America and what happens here. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that people have. And so just bringing more credible voices to the table. We say, uh, as part of the founder, like one of our stools that we're going to stand on is positive stories repeatedly, right? And it's stories like Brian Brinkman's. And Brian Brinkman is a, you know, a very well-known TV, very famous TV pop artist, right? His worked with Sesame Street and Saturday Night Live and The Late Night Show with Jimmy Fallon and is now a full-time Web3 artist, right? And so it's like bringing all of who Brian is to the table so that people can hear from Brian about, you know, what it is he does. And that's the best way to learn. And with Mike, with his background, for example, being a U.S. Army officer, um, but also went to the Harvard Business School and so that taps into a whole other range of credibility and now, you know, leading this new world of recruiting in this Web3 space, right? So hearing from Mike about, you know, how many jobs are being created at these companies, you know, what does that look like? Um, you know, these are all really important voices that need to be at the table, but need to be able to do so in a way that is safe and is efficient and is comfortable. And, you know, part of it is just us as founder and as the leadership being accessible and making sure that, you know, for example, we're starting this in New York City, right? We're going to the capital of Web3 to start founder because we wanna make sure that everyone feels like it's safe and it's in their backyard and that we are there for them to help, you know, uplift these voices. And as Brian said, you know, I think the regulations and the specific languages of the bills and the policies and stuff, I mean, th that's all one important side of it. But by and large, everyone on this call knows that Web 4 is right around the corner. Web 5 is right around the corner. I mean, we have to like work with hand in hand with regulators and with legislators to really understand the basic fundamentals of technology and how this stuff even works. And they have to go on a journey through it so that they can start to better understand how the whole world is about to change, even if it's not that apparent to most of the world, right? But it needs to be apparent to decision makers. And the best way to do that is, you know, as I heard at the Bitcoiner event, right? It's like you have pizza and beer and you have the core devs and the core devs will sit there and explain it until they're blue in the face. And then they'll go out with you after and like, and that is how people start to really learn and to saturate this technology up and start to learn a little bit more about the future and about where it's all going. 
So I'm super excited about the event. Uh, we're going to have a few other speakers as well, including Elise Swopes, who I'm sure many of you know, um, just an extraordinary photographer and a social entrepreneur running a social impact agency. Um, she's based in New York, originally from Chicago. Fiona Abood, one of our first change makers um, on the Change Gallery platform. But long before that, um, she was one of the seven stories of social change and has just been doing amazing work connecting the dots in so many different ways. And is now we have even focused on a new type of credit card um, for creators in the community. And, you know, it's just amazing that an artist and a creator with such a big and open heart is thinking about financial services tools and how those can be leveraged, right? I mean, I think that shows another bridge of empowerment that didn't exist before Web3, which is now a very real story, and it's a positive story. And then, and we're going to hear from Chauncey St. John of Angel Protocol, um, which I know that Amanda, if she's still here, is, is involved with as well. And, you know, we get to hear their story, and they were actually very very much affected by the Terra Luna fallout. They were actually built on that platform. And so he just told me that story. And, it, you know, so I think that calls to question sort of the need for regulation, right? And so it's it's like we're all at the table together. We get to hear from the entrepreneurs that are hiring people that are coming up with these new ways of merging industries and creating new innovations in the future. We get to hear from the builders and the, the innovators that are sort of using it all and connecting the dots and making new and interesting things happen in the world. And I appreciate that you're approaching this from a storytelling perspective, because I, I can say hands down, if, if someone were to say to me, let me tell you about Web3, and they proceeded to explain the technology in, in a lot of technical jargon and all of the different, you know, layers of that, I would have probably walked away um, from the space. But because my first introduction to the space was, let me tell you about what's possible, um, I got really excited. And then hearing individual stories about how people had taken what they thought was possible and ran with it and innovated on it is really what has kept me here um, and interested in hearing those unique experiences because I think, you know, Brian shared his his story, Mike shared his story, but I, you know, even though someone may think, oh, well, all the artists are going to have a similar story, that may not be the case. Um, I mean, we all have these unique lived experiences that are so complex and rich um, and that we're all bringing to the space and they all have value. So I, I just want to say like, kudos to you because you definitely know that impact and social impact storytelling is it helps drive change and helps drive conversations and helps bring us all to the same table of understanding. Um, regarding, and everyone does need to go through a hero's journey on this as far as understanding the technology for those of us who are not tech you know, tech savvy. Um, it is, it has been, you know, a challenge for many of us, but in regards to regulations and things, I I'm curious on your thoughts about these conversations internally, because I know when I've spoken to others in the space about regulation, the immediate, as soon as they hear the R word, they're like, okay, I'm leaving the U S I'm renouncing my citizenship, you know, like this country, I can't be here. 
But, you know, there's this really fine line that regulators have to walk here with technology where they are passing regulations that protect without stifling innovation. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that and, and whether David or Mike or Brian, you know, um, you're thinking around how you kind of present these ideas in a way that walk that line. I think one at, at Squad, because we're focused on kind of solving the, the talent matching problem in the space, um, we do as a business, we're likely less exposed than some others that are more involved, let's say on the technical side of a bridge or building a decentralized finance application or a decentralized exchange or something along those lines. So I think from, a, from us as a, as a business perspective, because we're so focused on solving that talent problem, even though we work with Web3 Talent and we help um, startups, protocols, DAOs, uh, you know, find the right talent for them on, on kind of the right match for them. We were less exposed than others. That being said, we have had to be thoughtful around some of our legal structures and how do we ensure that, you know, we help equip our clients and our talent community with the right legal structure, the right documents, the right professional service agreements. And we've went through some of that iteration so can feel the, the pain point a little bit. I guess more from a personal perspective, the one thing I continue to hear in this space is, Builders in the space, and I, my assumption is investors as well, that the number one thing they're looking for is some sort of clarity, right? It's, of course, there's different interpretations around exactly where the line should be, exactly who, what agencies should regulate. And I'm sure there's experts in the room that have a, a more nuanced opinion than I do. But most folks in the game, to use an analogy, like they just want to know the rules of the game, right? They want to know we're playing football or basketball or soccer or cricket or whatever it is, and then they can go out and compete and see who's going to be, who are going to be the winners in the space. But knowing those rules of the game, I think is so critical. And that's frustratingly, I think that's where one, the current regulatory environment has fallen short for many reasons. And two, that the mixed signals or the conflicting signals from different agencies are particularly frustrating because as a builder, it's just, hey, tell me what the rules are and I want to go compete and see if I can be a winner. Um, I, I care less about exactly where those rules are, at least from my perspective. I just want to know the rules of the game. Thank you for that, David. Yeah, I think that Mike really, like his comments about, I just want to know the rules of the game. That's a common theme that I heard from, you know, the three dozen founders that I've interviewed is that everyone expects regulation and want regulation. And most people imagine that it will be not exactly what they want, and that's okay. It's a starting point. Um, you know, what I'd rather talk about is, um, you know, just the political dynamics of where we are. And SBF, for those that remember that, here in Washington, that became a political, it, it all of a sudden made the Web3 industry very political. And it's now very much around sort of party lines, um, which doesn't make any sense to anyone. Um, but for the most part, there it, it speaks to the lack of education and lack of awareness and lack of understanding. You know, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I love my attorneys and the attorneys that work for ChangeDAO and they've written our terms of service and everything else, but I would never send them to, to Congress to you know, speak with press secretaries about Web3 and try to explain everything that's happening. And so I think that we've had a lot of just uh, theoretical, there, there's like a lot of theoreticals going on with, with regard to regulation. And at the same time, the, the battle lines are both partisan and it's kind of like 
the Web3 industry that's here has taken on traditional finance and sort of wanted it to be about this being a very disruptive way of upgrading the system. Um, and I think that that has really fallen, um, you know, it hasn't exactly been the right message for folks. Like no one here is interested in the system getting an upgrade. That's uh, <laughs> not what people are searching for. Like it's not like a creative place. It's about systemic risk and managing that. And so I think that ultimately the the thing to keep in mind is you know, we don't think founder is something that lasts forever. We think that founder needs to exist in earnest for about the next 18 months. And in the next 18 months, very little is going to happen in Washington um, with regard to regulation. And even a lot of the SEC filings and stuff that you've heard about, I mean, those take years to work themselves through just the court system. So, I mean, there's really not going to be much change most people imagine there won't be much legislation that's being passed or pushed through Congress or anything else in the next 18 months. But when it comes to 2024, and there will potentially be a new administration in the White House, um, certainly new members of Congress, new Senate, new dynamics. And at that time, we're already seeing outside of D.C., like what pressures D.C. is the pressure from the court systems and the, the state legislatures. And the state legislatures are taking a lot of actions. Um, and it's, as you can imagine, all over the place. Like I left wa the state of Washington because they wanted to tax NFTs. And I was like, they, they have no idea what they're talking about. Like, this will never happen. And so it was just like one of those things that I was like, okay, I have to get to DC because it's gonna be a federal issue. And we have to bring some education and awareness to folks now in the next 18 months. And the best way to do that is through our positive stories. As a former attorney, I can say with all of my heart that I can't even imagine um, the attorneys who are operating in this space right now who may have, you know, graduated from law school. I graduated in 2005. You know, I passed the bar in 2005. I can't imagine how much has changed, but also that having to approach this with working with an existing legal system, with existing laws and precedents um, and having to think outside the box. I mean, we need more attorneys in the space who understand the challenges and who understand the nuances. And so I think it's great that there are more people working with attorneys and, and, and speaking with attorneys in a more conversational manner, not just for legal representation, because those conversations, I think, will help them understand the heart of Web3, which will better inform their legal approach to, you know, representing clients in the Web3 space. So I just wanted to add, <laughs> add that. Um, and as we have, you know, it, for the first time since 1960, the writers and the actors, the WGA and SAG are, are on strike together and you're seeing creatives who are being threatened by you know technological innovations and i know that this has been divisive um but i'm curious you know this is what happens when unions are able to mobilize and 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 have conversations and advocate whether or not they're going to be successful is you know remains to be seen but i'm curious david about you know you're seeing this what i feel is truly a disruption um, in the entertainment sector, 
are you having conversations around the, these union actions that are informing creatives in the web free space who may not have any previous experience with unions? It's something I'm thinking a lot about. One of our coalition members is a professor at Northwestern who has created more of a collective and a cooperative media platform uh, for for BIPOC, uh, for the BIPOC community. And, you know, it's certainly something that um, we are going back and forth on. And I said, look, if you write about this, if you want to come on our Twitter spaces and talk about this issue, let me know. Um, I certainly lived in Beverly Hills for a couple years and was a part of the city of Beverly Hills next gen committee and connected with a bunch of folks in the industry. Um, And then before that, in my web two days, I worked with Fox and a bunch of the studios around sort of traditional marketing of, of movies and everything. And, you know, what I can say is that there's, great people on both sides and what has changed is really the streaming era and this need for content all the time i mean i'm sure everyone here has subscribed to one of the streaming channels and has probably hit the end of what is interesting pretty quickly and you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs and you know that's like that's a problem for those companies if they're not adding value all the time And so I I think that what is what we have to keep in mind is that there are great people on all sides of this conversation, specifically for for the creative community, um, both in Hollywood, right, and elsewhere. And there's also this solidarity throughout the world that we're seeing with other unions and, and other countries stepping up and saying, we're with you. And, you know, I I worry about. You know, there's there's nothing like that in the Web3 space. It, it co- wouldn't even be possible, right, to see artists band together and, you know, sort of force a decision of even a platform, right, to, to maintain creator royalties. We've seen a little bit, um, but but nothing like a, a strike or something like that, that that could cause just significant pain. Um, so I do think that it raises the point of like some of the tooling and some of the thinking around decentralized governance as a way forward, um, which is part of the Web3 ethos. And that's very interesting, right, to a lot of people, including the folks here in D.C. that aren't connected to the creative community at all. You know, that's something that they're very interested in and understanding better is about DAOs, you know, to be very specific that, you know, they want to learn about DAOs because, you know, there are a lot of good government people still here and the whole super PAC phenomenon. And for folks that don't know, you know, a corporation can now put as much money as they want into a political race just as an individual. Um, And it's, it's really changed the dynamics. I mean, I was just reflecting on just how much everything has changed since I left. And it's really that Citizens United Supreme Court case and the rise of super PACs that has occurred since I've been gone. And and since that started, everything has become so unbelievably partisan. You know, it's like there are no more middle of the road folks anymore. And it's 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 like the streaming era for Hollywood and everything else, right? This is the new normal. 
and we have to find ways to still work together and to get things done. And I think that Web3 has a role to play in all of that. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I know when, uh, as a collector, um, as an art collector, something I was encouraging other collectors to do was if they, you know, saw platforms that were not uh, honoring artists' royalties, to not collect from those platforms um, and not support those platforms and feed further into that ecosystem until things were changed. And I hope that, you know, that kind of unification without a union necessarily, but this, you know, movement um, can inspire people to think differently about how they move in the space. Um, but well, I that was a really great conversation around Founder. And I think with each conversation that we have about this coalition um, in all of the different angles and also all of the other events that are happening in, in the world and how they can play a role in these conversations and helping us better understand, you know, how we get out of the short-termism as far as the thinking um, and, and looking 10 years down the line and going, how how can we get to where we want to be? You know, what steps do we need to take now? Um, and I think Founder is is an initial step in, in what I see as a really strong coalition to driving a future that we want to be in. Thanks for listening to Proof of Change by ChangeDAO space where changemakers meet and build positive stories in Web3. Check out the show notes for links on our upcoming announcements and ways to join the movement. Until next time.